I would love to see more and more women become staples in sports broadcasting. Taylor Bishotti told me that this was her dream for the sports industry and I could not agree more. A champion for women's sports and a true football fanatic, Taylor Bishotti has earned and experienced football journalism at the highest level. To her, it's important to enjoy the little moments, stay tough, but pursue your dreams and passions. To all the young girls one day hoping to make it big in journalism, make it to the NFL Network, enjoy the little moments, and your hard work and passions will get you far. Half time, halfway. We're going to hear stories of empowerment through the highs and the lows, through stigmatization and celebration in the sports industry. But not just from me, we're bringing in the experts, pro athletes, coaches, journalists, and so many more to tell you about her story. It's time to crank up those stadium lights and shine them on the extra challenges that women in sports have to overcome every day. Welcome back to episode 10 on Halftime, Halfway. Today, we have the chance to sit down with one of the NFL Network's best talents. The wonderful Taylor Bishotti, anchor and reporter, has worked for some of the biggest sports networks from SEC to ESPN, and she knows her football. Taylor has chased her dreams and has really become an influential leader for women in football. Today, Taylor will be telling us about her journey from switching majors to making it big, her favorite football moment, how to deal with the Instagram haters and some funny experiences with that, and even her favorite fashion trend, as well as so much more. Welcome, Taylor, to Halftime Halfway. Here is our interview. Hello. Hi. I hope you're doing well and having a great summer. How's your summer been? It's been good. It's definitely been different, as I'm sure yours has been as well. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I don't think that any of us have ever experienced a time like this. So yeah, that's I think true. it'll be 2021 until we see a full return to normal. Definitely. I totally agree. Okay. Anyway, since you are the youngest on-air talent at NFL Network and like built an extremely successful career in the field of sports as a female, especially with football, like you are such an inspiration for girls everywhere and I'm so excited and honored to meet you. Oh my gosh, well thank you. Seriously, you genuinely seem so passionate about it and I love that you love sports as much as I do and I hated the fact that you said that you felt like you were kind of the odd man out sometimes or felt like you didn't fully fit in with the girls and the guys would kind of belittle you for what you did or didn't know about football and sports and that's just not okay. So I'm honored to talk to you. <laughs> thank you so much. Yeah, that's de- that was definitely a thing all throughout like my childhood. Like I would like be talking to like people and they'd be like, wait, you why do you watch football like is it just because your brother does or like do you even know anything about it or like can you name other people besides Tom Brady on the Patriots like (laughs) (laughs) right like could because you could only know one player of course and you couldn't just genuinely love the sport as much as they do and that's something that unfortunately I don't think that's ever going to go away even when you are working in that field you are always going to there's going to be some amazing men that you meet and they're inspirational and like they want you to succeed and they never ever question why you like the sport or why you're passionate about it or your knowledge of it and then there's going to be a good amount that just kind of question what you could possibly know about it what you could possibly bring to the conversation or add to the conversation and it's frustrating because as you know like there's a lot of times the a lot of the guys that even question it are men that have never played the sport as well So yes, like you and I both probably have never played real football and, but that doesn't mean that you should feel like you 
don't belong in a conversation or you can't contribute or you can't add value or that you can't provide a different perspective or different point of view from somebody else. So I'm sorry that you're going through that, but it's, it's good to develop tough skin early, thick skin early, and just to keep following and be true to who you are. And if you love watching it and you love the game, that's going to shine through anytime. And that's, what's going to make you happy and just keep you keep fighting on. I 100% agree. Thank you. Yeah. That, that, that means a lot. And also, yeah, I agree. Strong male allies are super important, especially in this industry. Um, so can I ask you a few questions right now? Yes, absolutely. So can you tell me how your love for sports started and how did it eventually intersect with your love for journalism? Yeah, so I grew up playing sports. I grew up playing tennis, soccer. I was on the cheerleading squad and I grew up with an older brother and then I had all older boy cousins on my dad's side of the family. So I was the youngest, there was five of us and I was the youngest the biggest, like the age gap between the oldest and the youngest, which I was the youngest, is six years. So my two oldest cousins were six years older than me. And then the next one down is Jack and he's four years older. And then my brother Kyle is two years older. So already being the youngest and then the only female, I always kind of felt like in order to fit in with the guys and in order to like hang out with them and be cool and honestly have something to relate to and talk to them about. And, you know, I noticed how much they love sports and family sports. So that's kind of where my love and my like interest in the game sparked at such a young age, since I was like six, you know, just kind of like watching football and watching basketball and watching sports with them. And I always wanted to kind of know what's going on. And then eventually, of course, it just ended up becoming a passion of my own. Not only did I play and I cheered for, for football games, but I ended up loving the sport. So I grew up in the South. I grew up in Atlanta and SEC football is definitely a way of life in the South. It is, it's a religion. And so I've always been a big fan of SEC football. I went to Alabama, University of Alabama my freshman year, and then I transferred to Georgia, UGA. And as you know, both of them are huge, huge college football schools. So it was easy to be a big fan there and obviously support Georgia and Alabama. And I especially loved Alabama my freshman year, just kind of getting to see the history behind it has such a rich like college history or college football is like so rich historically there and so it was really neat to see that and then of course I'm a diehard Georgia Bulldogs fan and so going to school there solidified my fandom of football and I started to work for SEC Network straight out of school and then NFL I've always grown up watching NFL football games with my family we traveled a lot to Baltimore when I was growing up for my dad was born and raised in Baltimore. And so we were always big Ravens fans. And I loved it when the Falcons were good too, because then my girlfriends and all my guy friends would get really into football. That's absolutely amazing. I think it's so great that like um, you grew up in like a football powerhouse, like all those like places. That's like, that's really great that it comes from your family and especially when your family supports what you're doing. Yeah. I mean, they didn't, I don't think that they ever thought that I was going to go into covering it. I was actually an accounting major. So I was always wanting to go into business. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then I, I was doing a double major my freshman year when I was at Alabama, but when I transferred to Georgia, it, they make it really like tough to be a part of the Terry school of business and then the Grady school of journalism. So I kind of had to make that decision my sophomore year, beginning of my sophomore year, which, which direction I was going to go. And so I decided to go in business. And so I was an accounting major and I'm sitting in my like final semester in April of my senior year. And I'm thinking, I cannot be an accountant. Like, I don't even enjoy this. This is like, I, the next five to 10 years of my life are going to be mapped out for me. 
So in that class, as I'm supposed to like decide between one of the big, big four firms, I start applying to every internship I can find online. And I got accepted to, I of course applied for all sports, but I applied for all news. And I got accepted to the 11 p.m. news, hard news in Washington, D.C. And so that's what I took. And so, but luckily, because our our morning meetings for the 11 p.m. news don't start until three o'clock. So I was able to like sneak upstairs to the sports department and try and go out on any story that they were going to go out on as long as I knew I could be back to the news station by three o'clock. And so I found myself doing that a lot. And the only reason why they would even let me tag along with them is because they needed three people to be in the carpooling. So they were like, wonderful, Taylor wants to go, amazing, let's have her go with us. Not because they probably wanted me there, but because that way that they could travel in the carpool lane. And so I started doing that. And I think that my parents thought that once I went there and interned, I was gonna come back and be like, you know what? I'm so glad I did it, but I know that I wanna be an accounting major. But it was quite the contrary. I absolutely fell in love with it. On my last night, they actually offered me, um, not an on-air position, but a position in the dig- on the digital side at the station in DC. And I wanted to take it. My parents were like, no, if you're, gonna, if you're gonna do this, you need to come back and go to school. So I went back to Georgia and got my digital and broadcast journalism degree in a year and kind of started working for ESPNU and doing stories for them during my like time off and while I was working at the our school station so that's kind of how I started building that relationship with SEC Network and got my foot in the door there which was very lucky. Was it scary to just like switch majors at the end or like was was, God I I questioned for so many like so much time I was like what am I doing like this is so silly I feel I I felt so far behind I think that that's one thing that you're always gonna kind of struggle with especially in this business is you, you find yourself constantly comparing to what somebody else does because there is no direct path in this field there is no you should do this 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 especially now that digital media has become such a it's it's everybody's normal and so before it was like you had to go to a local news station here and then from there you can jump to there and then from that market you can jump to you know a top 20 market and there was a little bit more of a structure but there's still no structure there's no right way that you can do things Mm-hmm. and I decided not to go the local news route. And so you're always wondering, like, am I one step behind? But especially going back to school, you already felt like you were two steps behind because you were still in school while people were already going to market 70. But I think that it's it was a good lesson to learn really young because you just kind of learn that you can't sit there and constantly compare what path you're on to anybody else's. You're never going to be happy that way. You're always going to, you're always going to feel like you aren't as far as you should be. But if you just choose to focus on where you are and the only person that you should be competing with is yourself. So if you stay on your own path and try not to focus on anybody else, because if you waste your time looking in front of you, you're going to trip over yourself. And if you waste your time looking behind you, then you're going to end up becoming farther back than you should be. So if you, if you can just learn to kind of embrace and kind of love and enjoy the process of where you are right now. And I, I still struggle with that where you're constantly thinking, oh, well, how come I didn't get this opportunity? But everything that's meant for you is going to eventually come. And what isn't meant for you, it might, it might, be, it might hurt at the time when you don't get something, but it just means that there's another door out there that's going to open for you. And there's enough room for everyone. That's really, really great advice. And 
honestly, I feel like you're 100% right. Like there's, I, I don't think that there's like a point in doing something unless you love it. So just going after your dream, like going after like journalism and like news about sports, that was probably a really bold, but probably worth it move, you'd think. I, th- I think so. I, I think that you always wonder like, what, what, where would I, where would my life be if I w- had gone the accounting route? And of course I could probably live in any city if I was an accounting major, I could get a job anywhere. There isn't that kind of, there, you know, in the beginning I was freelancing a lot. I was freelancing for SEC Network. I was freelancing for Bleacher Report. I was freelancing for Sporting News and I didn't have full-time job. And that was, that was for a full year out of school. And so like, that was, that was definitely nerve wracking and that was stressful and you question your decision and you question whether or not you made the right one. But I think that sticking with it and just every, every story I went on, you know, you, of course you re- you wish that you had a, a bigger crew or you had more help because I was a one man band for a lot of those, mm-hmm. but it teaches you valuable lessons. And I'm glad that I went through that because then it makes you appreciate, it makes you appreciate where you end up so much more. Oh yeah, for sure. Okay. So my next question is, um, with all your great work in sports, um, I have to wonder if you have like a favorite. So do you have like a favorite team or player or moment in sports or like a catch or like a trade, something that was monumental to you? Um, favorite moment. I would have to say, you know, there's so many of them that I really do love. Um, I think the Ravens 49ers Super Bowl, that was obviously the best game, the best moment of my life, just because that was my team finally getting (laughs) back to the Super Bowl when I was old enough to even realize what was going on. And then not only that, but then of course them winning. So I would say that, but then I also would say every Super Bowl since I've been at NFL Network has been monumental for me because obviously the first time that I was at the Super Bowl with NFL Network, I was, I mean, it was just a dream come true. And then everyone since then, like I've kind of, my role has increased each year while I've been there and I never take that for granted. I always kind of feel like I'm living in a dream and I try and rather than get stressed out about like everything that's going on, I try and just like take a moment to realize that I am standing like where I would have never imagined five years ago or even, you know, 10 years ago. You, that's just kind of something that you think, oh, well, if only I could, I could make it there. So it's important to, when you are in those moments, to just realize that this is everything that you had ever dreamed of and to enjoy them. That really does sound like the dream. I've never like physically been to a Super Bowl. That's definitely on my bucket list. I have to go one day. You'll, um, you'll get there. <laughs> that's the hope. And I totally remember that Super Bowl. I remember it was like the entire city was crumbling around because I watched that in San Francisco. And oh, okay. heartbroken. I know. <laughs> oh, I mean, it, it was a great game. It, the, when the lights went out, I, yeah. I thought that the momentum was going to shift. And Colin Kaepernick kind of started driving them down the field that next that next series. And I thought, wow, is this going to be like, is, are, are they going to have had so much momentum and been on such a, you know, like a win, like winning streak and they were driving the ball down the field so well. And then all of a sudden, like the lights went out and it seemed like there was a total momentum change. Yeah. Things, it was, they were close, but like at the end, the close games are the best in my opinion. Like I always love like blow up, like they're cool and all, but like the close ones are always better. Yeah. Um, so are you, we talked a little bit about this earlier, but with like sports being a field usually dominated by men, especially football, I've received so many comments of doubt and the usual stereotypical insults. And especially when I watch your um, series at Taylor's Top 5 on Instagram, that's one of my personal favorite series. But Aww, I, don't, thank you. <laughs> I always see tons of comments that are 
I, I'm disgusted by their comments, and but there are some encouraging ones, but there are many like sexist or rude comments purely based on gender. So can you tell me about your experience with this and how do you deal with all of it? Yeah, um, I think that definitely when I was a few years ago, I would, def I would have been way more affected by it. I don't really get as affected anymore. I try not to even read them for the most part. Like sometimes my friends will send them to me or like respond and be like, oh my God, I can't believe they said that. And of course, then you go down that rabbit hole of sitting there and looking at them. But I, you know, at the end of the day, you just, you just can't worry about it. As long as you know, like what you're talking about and look, you could say everything right in their opinion and somebody that's sitting in their parents' basement would still have something <laughs> negative to say. Usually I get like, you should go back to the kitchen. I'm like, you know, like maybe I should, <laughs> like maybe I should go make, make myself dinner. You know, like at the end, like those, their insults, the best is when you see an insult that's like just something really, really bad and mean and just like disgusting. And then you click on their page to see who it is. And it's like, kindness is the only way to be father <laughs> of two amazing daughters. And I always think, well, I wonder if you would feel happy if you, if somebody wrote that on your daughter's, you know, post yeah. or whatever, saying that about them. But I, you know, like you, you just kind of learn to try and not let it affect you. I guess the only time that it really does affect me is if I were to say like a stat wrong, or if I were to say something wrong and then a people, you know, of course are going to go off on you. Oh, yeah. Then like that will keep me up at night. I'll be like, gosh, you know, like I really shouldn't have gotten that wrong. So I always do feel like, you know, like if you're going to put something out there, like you need to make sure that you are accurate about it or you are saying the right thing. And so say if I was on a fantasy show on a Sunday and I said something wrong or I got a stat wrong or, you know, mix something up, like I'll, I'll let myself sit there as I'm going to bed at night and just like keep playing that over and over again and letting that eat, eat me up inside. But for the most part, if I am confident about what I'm saying and it's coming from, you know, like there's nothing negative in what I'm reporting or talking about, then I try not to pay attention to them or let it affect me. But you're human. So obviously like everyone makes mistakes. So I think it's terrible that people do that, honestly, sometimes. Well, thank you. I do. I do as well. But like, I don't think that it would be as tough if you were a guy and said oh, that. Oh, oh. Unfortunately, that's just the double standard. And I think that viewers and fans, it's far easier for them to forgive a guy making a mistake on air than they, it is a girl. If a girl makes one, it's just, they, they just love just going off. It's like they're like looking for an excuse to say, oh, she doesn't belong in football. Like for guys, yeah. it's like completely brushed over, ignored. They're just like, oh, okay, whatever. Like he made a mistake. Yeah. It was funny because on a video recently that NFL had tweeted out it, like it was about Lamar getting, mm -hmm. it was NFL top 100 players. Lamar Jackson was voted number one. And I just like put like, like clap signs. Like I always do that for whoever gets voted number one. And somebody wrote, you know, of course you would say that your X, Y, Z, like terrible things. And Cam Newton should have been on the list. And all I responded with, or I saw that comment, <laughs> Super Bowl winner, Cam Newton should have been on the list. And I wasn't going to correct him on the Super Bowl winner because I hate when people like, you know, like just decide it. And so I just said, Cam played two games last season. Nobody's going to get voted on in the top 10 if you only played in two games last season. That's not, it's not a full season. And he's like, you're just being, you know, X, Y, Z. And then somebody else, actually a guy, which I was shocked, said he's also not a Super Bowl winner. You know, like he, he went to the Super Bowl. He's, yeah. he's, he's MVP. Like, you know, that just, it, and it just doesn't make sense. And it's frustrating and it's, but people will eventually, their true colors will come out and the fact that they, they'll make a mistake and then realize that maybe they shouldn't have been as tough on you. 
And a lot of times also is the ones that are saying terrible things will then DM you privately and be like, hey, babe, what's your number? And I'm thinking, do you not think that I just saw your comment or something? It's so funny. It's so funny. But I guess that's just the part that you just have to kind of either you either get used to it or you just kind of learn to ignore it, unfortunately. Yeah, I remember reading that comment. and I was like hyping up in my brain. I was like, exactly. You're so sweet. (laughs) Um, So with like experience in the SEC and ESPN and NFL Network, what has been the one lesson that you have learned in journalism that you have been able to apply like off the field or off like air? Um, Gosh, there's so many. I'd say my biggest one, like in terms of like a journalist's perspective, it's always to stay true to who you are. Try not to focus on the outside noise and wondering what everyone else is doing or why you didn't get certain opportunities or try not to beat yourself up when you make a mistake on air because at the end of the day, we're all human and just focus on your own path and not worry about anybody else's and enjoy the moments because if, you, if you're not enjoying it and if you're stressed all the time or worried, then it's kind of defeats the purpose of covering the game and the sport that we all love. Yeah, I totally agree with that. So here's like a fun question since I asked so many serious ones. So I read one of your passions includes fashion. And what is your favorite fashion trend of all time? Um, Jeans and white (laughs) (laughs) t-shirt. I love like the basic classic look. Of course, I love having like fun and experimenting when you're going out and playing with fashion and making it a statement, but on a day-to-day basis, I am very much so a jeans and white t-shirt or jeans and just basic tee kind of girl. I just, it's the most comfortable. It's effortless. It's always in style. It's just my go-to. I'm definitely with you on that. (laughs) Also very into slippers. The second that I am not on air, I put my slippers right on at work. I'm really into Crocs right now. Like I, I have tons of like pairs of Crocs. And I've I don't think I've had a pair of Crocs in forever. Maybe I need to go back to those. I'm very into my Ugg slippers. <laughs> so my next question is, who has been your biggest supporter? And is there someone who has supported you through like all of your career? My mom, definitely. My, my dad too, of course. But he obviously loves business and he loves the business side of things. And we were able to always connect growing up, like talking about accounting and finance and I think he loved the fact that I was going into that and he loved the fact that we could like share this special bond and talk about it. And I think that when I decided to go the broadcast journalism route, I think he knows that it's just like a very hard business and it's not a business that is as steady and as reliable. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in in accounting, you're always going to have a job. There's always going to be an opening somewhere or, and you know, like there's a position available. Whereas this business is a lot different. It's a lot, I would say like more competitive. There isn't as many spots and it's, it's, it's tough in that regard. And I think that he knows that especially it's, it's very difficult for a female going into such a male dominated industry, especially with sports. And so I think that my mom, I would have to say has been the one that she's always told me to just, you know, go after what you want and follow your dreams. And there's no reason why, if it's something that you are willing to put the work in for that you shouldn't be able to achieve it. That's really great advice. And it's really good to have your parents in your corner. That's always so important. So important. Um, so in addition to all like the great work you've done in journalism and the NFL network, I also read that you've done some great things for the community as well. So can you tell me more about the fashion show and the luncheon that you help host to like raise money for the Ronald McDonald house and why children's health is a particularly important cause that you care about? Yeah, well, it's actually, so my mom was 
the one I can give her credit for this. She was the one that started doing it when I was in middle school. So every year we, she would throw this like luncheon fashion show and it, all the money that was raised, she, she volunteered a lot at the Boys and Girls Club of Atlanta and children's healthcare. And so what especially it did is that when, you know, lower like income families would have a child that was going through um, a surgery or if they were being treated for cancer or de- depending on what, what, what their child had to get treatment on, a lot of times they were coming in from out of town just because Atlanta is, does have great hospitals. And so while they are, were recovering or while they were in the hospital, they were having to, you know, travel safe sometimes out of the state or four to five hours away. And so it's a three week recovery where the, the families didn't have a place to stay. And so a lot of the money that was raised would provide them housing and for their siblings and for their families, they were able to stay close by while their child was either getting treatment or recovering or in the hospital. That's really, really great. And also that, that means a lot to the community. So I'm sure the community is really thankful for that. Um, do you Unfortunately, have- she still does it in Atlanta and I can't go back for it anymore, but it's still a cause near and dear to my heart. Oh, I'm sorry about that. But the community is still beyond thankful for everything that you and your family have contributed. Um, do you have like a dream or a future or something that you want to cross off a bucket list? Oh gosh, there's way too many. <laughs> um, I would I would love to see more and more females become staples in all sports broadcasts. I know that it used to just be sideline reporters where it was normal. And especially say 10, 12 years ago, it was kind of like just really only sideline reporters that were kind of like a you always saw a female be a staple in it. And I would love to see where there's more Hannah Storms, there's more Susie Colbert's, there's more Carissa Thompson's, there's more Hannah, um, there's more Samantha Ponders. Um, I would love to see more females be focal and key part of a football, basketball, all, all sports broadcast stage steals. I think that it's the trend is going that direction. I just hope that we see more of that and we see more women supporting other women. I think that's really important. And women supporting other women is so Yeah, important. I think that a lot of times people just say, oh, it's the males that are tearing females down. But a lot of times it's, it's females tearing females down as well. And I think the more that we can trend towards women lifting other women up and being happy for one, one another when each one of us gets a role, there's enough space for everyone. There's so many different opportunities out there. There's so many different avenues. And there's really no reason why it should be kind of trying to tear one another down in order to make themselves feel better because the more females that we have out there, the more that we can make it, that's the new normal. Yes, 100%. Um, what advice would you give to like young girls who want to become journalists in sports and like make it big like you did? In turn, build relationships. That's always going to get you farther than anything else. I think that going out there and getting those reps and kind of shadowing somebody and seeing how it's done even if you aren't getting paid it's so helpful it's it's such a weird field in that you really only get better with reps and now that there is digital media start a podcast like you're doing on your own and start interviewing people because even during quarantine and my time off i wasn't working for nfl network I mean, i'm still working for nfl network but you know, there was a lot of days where I wasn't doing anything for them. And I would just get some of the players that I've just become friends with over the years. And we would do IG lives together. And honestly, like, you know, like 
there's always room for improvement, no matter where you are. I know I have still have so much improving I can do. There's so many different areas where I want to get better. So just kind of getting those reps in, even if it's just with a friend, literally call a friend up and do a fun Q&A interview session or host a Zoom party with a bunch of your friends and be the host of the party where you are kind of delegating the conversation. The more practice and the more reps that you can get in, the better, even if it's not directly covering basketball or baseball or football, just kind of getting that, getting in that groove of hosting a conversation, delegating a group, you know, I'm seeing something just every little bit helps and it will definitely help you in terms of your career because it's, it's a odd field that you really only get better by doing those reps and you are a master interviewer already. So, oh, thank you so don't much. ever let like a brand a network or brand or a company like define you, like you can go out there and create your own future. Thank you so much. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story. Thank you. So much fun talking to you. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your summer and try and enjoy quarantine and COVID and get through it, get through it healthy. You as well. Okay. Have a great night. You too. Bye. Bye. I hope you enjoyed our interview on Half Time, Halfway. Special thanks to Taylor Bishotti for joining us and sharing her story. We hope you'll join us next week for another interview with another strong woman in the sports industry. But for now, the game's not over yet, so finish strong. Thank you so much for listening to Halftime Halfway with me, Maddie. Remember to follow or subscribe, and if you have any questions or comments, feel free to visit me on Instagram at halftime underscore halfway.